0: are funny they want to see you fail and they'll tell you that they want to see you fail good morning to you good wednesday morning i'm dan kovachowicz of dk pittsburgh sports this is daily shot of pirates it comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey i also offer daily shots of steelers and penguins where you found this dodgers eight pirates seven Uh, tough tough loss Last night at PNC Park, you have a 7-2 to lead, and you have the caliber of bullpen that you've shown to date. You'd like to think you can take that one home. Uh, The Dodgers coming up with a big three-run home run from Chris Taylor in the eighth inning off Colin Holderman. Holderman took it really hard. I spoke with him afterward. Here is our conversation. I good enough to do my job. I went out there and I uh, tried my best and it just wasn't enough today. And uh, I wear it on the chin and I go out tomorrow and whip their, whip their butt. That's, that's the sense I get in here all around. Mm-hmm. The, you guys aren't gonna, okay, you played a really good game against a really good team. All right, yeah. now what? Yeah, like I, You know, there's my execution just wasn't all the way there today. And I, I left that one right in where I shouldn't have, it was right in his bat path, and he crushed it like he should have. And uh, you know, he's had some good AB, ABs against me and I knew it was gonna be a tough one. I just didn't do my job. You wanted to bury that, right? I wanted to throw that, like, way away, and, uh, oh. and it just leaked the middle. It was a sinker that kind of just ran all the way over there, and it is what it is. That's what did you do. You just walk off the mat, okay? Yeah. I saw you. Yep. I, you hit it. I knew exactly what happened, and I was like, okay, flush it. Let's just try to get out of this. Now, when I say he took it hard, I'm going to have to clarify that he took it hard before I came over. And by the time I got there and let him know that I'd be asking him some questions, he... He popped up, perked up, chin up, the whole deal, the whole deal. And that's what you want to see more than anything else here. The baseball people who want to see you fail that I was referencing in the raw open there. Those are the scouts. Those are the evaluators. Those are the people who feel like if they see you as an individual, whether it's pitching, hitting, defending, whatever it is, doing nothing But cruising right along, they're not going to take their own information seriously. They're not going to recognize what you've done during a period in which there's been nothing but just success. Why? Obviously, baseball is a sport of failure. As a hitter, if you succeed 30% of the time, you're headed straight to Cooperstown. Unless you're Al Oliver, but that's another discussion for another day. They want to see what you're made of. They want to see how you rebound. They want to see how you adjust when somebody's either figured you out or even just thinks they've figured you out. Because the latter happens as well. If someone thinks that you as a hitter have a weak spot under your wrists whenever they're throwing a slider to you, coming in on you as a lefty. They're just going to keep doing it and keep doing it. Even if you show that you can hit it, until it's scratched off the list, you're going to keep having to deal with it. These pirates are going to be tested in this regard relentlessly now. They're not a secret. If they had gone... 16-7 16 and seven at some other point in the year. Let's say that they had a disastrous April, for example, but they really just found themselves magically in May and went 16 and seven. Nobody'd care. Nobody'd care. Maybe not even in Pittsburgh because we would have already buried them 10 times over. But around baseball, there's not anybody who would take that seriously, nor should they, nor should they. But as the Pirates are currently constituted, all you know about the 2023 team, all that everyone in baseball knows, including the Pirates themselves, is what they've done to date. Why? As I mentioned on yesterday's show, mostly new players in key roles, mostly younger players in the other roles. And almost all of these players are better than the waiver soup that everyone was having to swim through in 2022 there's a reason you're gonna have to trust me that dave roberts and the dodgers last night after the game in their clubhouse were talking about what a quality win that was how they were really forced to battle and everything else yeah they were they were down seven two That wasn't a fluke. That wasn't an accident, any more than what the pirates have done throughout this opening month. The Dodgers have had their own struggles, even with their quarter of a billion dollar payroll. They weren't playing very well up until the last four or five days or so. So they weren't coming in here thinking, "Oh, here is our chance to get right." No, they were thinking, they were thinking, "This is the team that's leading Sports Center most nights." We'd better really be on it. And never mind the fact that even the hundred lost pirates of last season went into Dodger Stadium and swept them in three. So this is this is what's going to be coming and how the pirates respond to it, both in the moment and then in the day that follows, I think is going to be the single defining trait of this team in one direction or another. And I'm here to tell you that I liked. What I saw and heard after this one. Walked into the clubhouse, a little bit of music playing. Why does that matter? Well, usually, reflexively, somebody would just come after a loss and just turn the music completely off. Didn't really put any thought into it. These guys aren't going to be all that bothered by losing. It was still gone. It was a little bit faded, but it was still there. The place was quiet. Some guys, you could tell, were taking it a little bit hard. There was no pouting, there was no punching anything, there was no kicking, and screaming, or anything ridiculous like that. They carried themselves to try to put this in a more relatable term—the way I've seen good teams react to you know losing to the Pirates in the past. They weren't you know freaking out or anything. They were just like, "Hey, we're still good." We just didn't get this one. We're going to get the one tomorrow. That's what the demeanor felt like in there. And that, I'm telling you, I'm not sitting here making predictions for tonight's game, let alone tomorrow's game against the Dodgers, let alone the rest of the season. But I am telling you that I liked this. Not the outcome, but the follow-up. When we come back, J1Q. This segment's brought to you by Family Table. Mom-inspired, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door. No prep, no mess, just reheat, which gives you more time for your family or hobbies or going to the gym or whatever. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. Use the code DK20 for 20% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon Thursday for Monday delivery. Family Table bringing families back to the dinner table. Today's J1Q comes from Andy Shaw, who says, DK, is it fair to say that Bob Nutting, Bob Nutting is on his way to redemption? His front office made moves this offseason that have paid off in spades already. He secured now Brian Reynolds money that everyone had been convinced he'd never spent his team is leading the national league which at the very least is creating a ton of goodwill and fuzzy vibes early on is 2023 the year that nutting finally gets his first name back oh wow what a great way to answer that question i've felt forever as if the usage of nutting just nutting was equivalent of painting him like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Yes, Smithers. He just sounds so evil It's just nutting and no one would ever use his first name. He does have a first name. His name is Bob. He's actually a really nice guy. If you met him, you'd probably really like him. But do I think he's going to have his first name back this year? No, I don't. We live in a culture where right now in which we're never wrong I'm never wrong you're never wrong and I feel as if that emanates from our politics which are now so one side or the other and nothing in between and people take them so seriously some people that just because the other side said that the sky is blue means you have to say that it's yellow it's it's so far gone and so, I think, irretrievable to the point that I, I've joked that if aliens came from outer space and invaded Earth, we still wouldn't agree on whether or not it'd be a good idea to fight them off. You know what I mean? Where nothing's concerned, we're, no, 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 I'll, I'll take your advice here. Where Bob is concerned, the one thing I've been telling People for a long time on this program, and of course in the written word on DK Pittsburgh Sports, is that he's invested. He's not an absentee owner. He doesn't climb up this pointy mountain at the end of the day with thunder and lightning flashing and Vincent Price narrating his every move. Uh, He's a guy who enjoys owning a baseball team. I have had times, as longtime listeners and or readers can attest, where I have expressed that he should sell the team and that the team would be in better shape if it had another owner. But I've never doubted whether or not he cared or whether or not he was some sort of criminal hoarding the money. What I have expressed, and this includes to him, is that I've felt for a long time now that the pirates payroll was always around 10 or 15 million dollars lower than it needed to be. And that in turn has led to a lot of anger. Uh, what people claim is apathy, but is actually anger. And it's brought along real disillusionment that whenever the team succeeds the way it has over this month, people are just going to kind of quietly gravitate back and not necessarily say anything about the owner. And that's what you've seen and that's what you're going to continue seeing. That is not going to change. As for the Reynolds contract, uh, eight years, $106.75 million. The opt-out clause is dead and buried. A limited no-trade clause was put in. Good for the team. Good for the player. Good for the city. Across the board, that said, none of it, not one tiny element of it surprised me. And it shouldn't have surprised you either, because I've been telling you for more than a year that Reynolds meant it when he said he wanted to stay. I offered to you firsthand evidence and accounting of that. And even whenever this got to the ugly point that His CAA representation decided to pull this stunt with a trade request. I kept telling you, he's going to stay because he wants to stay. He can listen to his agents. He can go along with whatever it is that they're doing. And he did do that. But he ultimately wants to stay. I told you what he was going to say in Bradenton. And then I told you what he said in Bradenton. They ended up being virtually the same thing when he reported for spring training. I then, whenever the opt-out clause came into effect or you know, into the discussion, the opener in Cincinnati, I told you it didn't matter because I'd never once covered a negotiation in which The two sides agreed to money, but then couldn't figure out the rest. The rest was always going to be academic. And it turns out it kind of was. Just a little bit more money on the team's part. A little bit more give when it came to the no trade. A little give from the other side by ditching the opt-out entirely. There came nothing but guaranteed money. Great, great. Everybody is happy. Everybody got it done. But more than anybody, the two principals who got it done were Brian and Bob. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. I'll be back at the ballpark tonight. Make sure you go over to DK Pittsburgh Sports when you're done listening to this and read the column that I wrote from last night's game. I think you'll appreciate it. Let's do it again tomorrow.